0: This is the Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy Oates, and this is the full story.
1: We'll give the call to the Attorney General. I move that this bill be now read a second time. Mr. Speaker.
0: On Wednesday, the government unveiled their plan for a National Anti-Corruption Commission, with the Attorney General Mark Dreyfus introducing the bill to Parliament.
1: This government takes its commitments seriously and we're serious about restoring trust and integrity to government. This legislation delivers the biggest, the single biggest integrity reform this parliament has seen in decades.
0: This comes after months of talks between the Labor government, integrity experts, the crossbench and the opposition but concerns have been raised that the government has softened elements of this bill to win support from the coalition when it goes to a vote later this year. Today, the National Anti-Corruption Commission unveiled. It's Thursday, the 29th of September. So, Paul, the legislation for Labor's corruption watchdog was introduced to the parliament yesterday. Before we go into the details of the bill, I know there's been a lot of back and forth over this legislation with the opposition, with the crossbench as well. So what do we need to know about the, the lead-up to this moment?
2: So Labor went to the election promising a strong uh, national anti-corruption commission.
0: Paul Karp is a political reporter at Guardian Australia.
2: But more recently, there's been some concern uh, that, you know, Labor could try and pass the bill with coalition support uh, rather than the crossbench, and that that could lead to some watering down of the bill. Mm. And uh, that's particularly because the Liberal leader, Peter Dutton, warned that he doesn't want it to have powers that are so extensive that it could result in show trials or protracted investigations. The crossbench and the Greens, on the other hand, want to toughen it up by doing things like putting whistleblower protections in. Uh, and we know that Labor needs one of those two pathways to get the bill through, either the Coalition or the Greens and the crossbench. So there's been a lot of anticipation to see what the final form of the bill is and you know wh- whose arguments have had the biggest impact on the Attorney General, Mark Dreyfus.
0: Right, so let's get into the detail of this bill. One of the first significant things that we learned was how this bill is defining corruption.
1: The Albanese government's National Anti-Corruption Commission will investigate serious or systemic corrupt conduct across the entire
2: federal public sector.
0: What does the Attorney-General mean, though, by serious or systemic corruption?
2: Um, So corrupt conduct doesn't necessarily have to be criminal conduct, one of independent MP Helen Haynes and others' concerns uh, with the coalition proposal in the term of the last parliament is that it was looking only for criminal conduct, you know, that might eventually go to to a prosecution in a court. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of things that they think that are short of criminality, uh, that, you know, pervert public governance outcomes in favour of some interests over others, Mm. and that's not necessarily breaking the law, but it is what you want this body to be investigating. And Labor has adopted the broader definition.
0: So this commission would have a very broad definition of corruption, really, did they give any detail as to who they can investigate though?
2: The commonwealth public sector will be able to be investigated, so ministers, parliamentarians, their staff, statutory office holders, employees of government entities and and contractors uh, that have contracts with the government. Now there was also a concern though, that that this was too limited, that other uh, private entities like political donors wouldn't be able to be investigated. On Monday in question time, the Attorney General suggested any person attempting to corrupt a public outcome uh, could be investigated. So they seem to be in.
0: Why is this important to be able to look at, you know, what the government are calling third parties, people outside of government, Paul? Uh, Well, there was concern
2: that if it was limited only to entities that have contracts with the government, that there would be lots of uh, sources of corruption that don't fit that description, so a political donor that wants a particular government decision but doesn't have a contract with the government yet might escape. Or if you wanted to investigate uh, uh, the revolving door of an appointment of an ex-politician to a company's board after they've left politics, uh, you know that wouldn't be something that has anything to do with a contract with the government. So the Greens and the Crossbench wanted external entities to be included. Uh, so that the commission could look at those as sources of corruption.
0: Mm, so, the NAC will be able to investigate people outside of the Commonwealth public sector if those people are suspected of attempting to, to corrupt someone in the government. What else?
2: Another key principle is the Commission will be independent of government. The Commission will operate independent of government, with discretion
1: to commence inquiries into serious or systemic corruption, on its own initiative, or in response to referrals, including from whistleblowers and the public.
2: One of the concerns with the Coalition's model was that it might require sign-off for for an investigation into a politician from the Attorney-General, and that allows discretion to kill an investigation and and a a political layer being applied on what should be an independent decision. To ensure the National Anti-Corruption Commission's independence, the commissioner and its deputies will serve for a fixed term and have security of tenure comparable to that of a federal judge, which means you can't sack them if you get a decision that you don't like. Dreyfus has also confirmed uh, that its powers to investigate our retrospective. So it will be able to investigate alleged conduct that occurred before the body came into existence or after.
0: Right. This is a very interesting point here, Paul. Labor has made a lot of comments about various pork-barrelling scandals that have happened under the previous coalition government. Does this mean that this commission is likely or is able to, to look at those? It's going to
2: be up to uh, the commissioner... It's not, it's not completely clear that the Commission will investigate Grant's programs, it's going to be up to the Commission. And whenever the Attorney-General is asked, you know, what about Grant's, what about pork-barrelling, how far back will it look, what about this rort? How far back does retrospective powers go? Is it essentially limitless? He's just said, it's up to the Commission, it's up to the Commission. It's going to be
1: for the Commission to decide. It will be able to investigate conduct occurring
2: before it was established. Another key principle is that this body will have oversight, so it will have to report to a parliamentary committee about what it does, which will draw members from across Parliament, senators and MPs, and different parties. That committee is also going to have a role uh, in confirming the commissioners nominated, although the final decision is of the cabinet and therefore the government, they are going to have a role uh, in deciding.
0: And what about the powers of the commission to make findings of corruption? What, what would that look like?
2: Dreyfus said that the commission will be able to make findings of corrupt conduct and refer findings that could constitute criminal conduct to the Australian Federal Police or the Commonwealth Director of Public Prosecutions. Mm. So, again, this is tougher than the coalition model, which wanted them to be able to investigate and then send on to police, but not to say, you know, we've decided that this, this amounts to corruption. So that was Pretty fairly expected, it's all of a piece with the six principles outlined before the election. But the most interesting uh, uh, new details are what the threshold is before a hearing is public, and the fact that Dreyfus is promising to put protections for whistleblowers to the Commission in this bill. It's these two points that have been contentious issues for the crossbench and the opposition and could be key to ensuring support from this bill from either camp.
0: Right, so let's go through these two points, starting with protections for whistleblowers and journalists. What do we learn about that? So a bill put forward by Independent MP
2: Helen Haynes in the previous parliament, which for the crossbench is considered the gold standard, included a whistleblower commissioner. Uh, The Labor bill doesn't go as far. The legislation provides strong protections for whistleblowers
1: against adverse consequences, including criminal offences and immunities. Public officials making disclosures to the commission will also be protected under the Public Interest Disclosure Act 2013, the PID Act. I will also be introducing separate reforms to the PID Act to improve whistleblower protections with the aim of having these reforms in place when the Commission commences operation.
2: The Greens and the Crossbench uh, want the bill to do more, particularly in relation to making it easier for whistleblowers to come forward and make complaints.
0: So, Paul, what about this second issue of contention public hearings? I know this is kind of at the root of the Coalition's concerns around these show trials, right? There was a lot of discontent after the New South Wales ICAC hearings where it was said that Gladys Berejiklian's name was kind of dragged through the mud last year. Labor has been very clear that there will be public hearings of some sort, but fuzzy on the details. What have we learned now?
2: What we've learned is that the... The National Anti-Corruption Commission can have public hearings if two conditions are met. Firstly, it's in the public interest, and that one is relatively uncontroversial. But secondly, there also has to be exceptional circumstances. The default position is that hearings will be held in private.
1: The legislation provides guidance to the Commission on factors that may be relevant to determining the public interest in holding a public hearing.
2: There's no definition of exceptional circumstances, but there are factors that the Commissioner will consider when deciding on a public hearing. Things like whether it will unfairly damage a person's reputation, privacy, safety or wellbeing. But those are also balanced against the benefit of exposing corruption. But the the fact that public hearings can only occur under exceptional circumstances is a bit controversial. It puts the federal corruption body in line with Victoria's anti-corruption body, but it is a higher bar for having a public hearing than in many other jurisdictions, including New South Wales.
0: What has been the reaction to this, the fact that there is a higher bar for public hearings than there is in New South Wales, which many people say is kind of the, the gold standard for corruption bodies as we have in Australia?
2: Well, there has been a lot of concern about this. Uh, The Greens uh, and a lot of independents, including uh, Zali Stegall, Kate Cheney, Monique Ryan, lots of them are worried that this will set the threshold too high. Also, Senators David Pocock and Jackie Lambie have expressed concern about this bar. And that's significant because if Labor doesn't get coalition support, it's that block of the Greens, Pocock and Lambie that are needed to pass legislation. Integrity experts, including the Centre for Public Integrity, say that, you know, in Victoria, where this test operates, it's really vague what qualifies as exceptional circumstances, and it results in there being fewer public hearings.
0: So, the Attorney-General says that the default is that hearings will be private. What do we lose out on when hearings are conducted behind closed doors rather than in public I mean,
2: firstly, it has a strong uh, deterrent effect that if you see that there are going to be consequences for alleged corrupt conduct, that it could be uh, exposed in this public forum, that that in itself, the reputational damage of that could prevent people from committing corruption to begin with. Mm. Another reason is that if all the investigation and the hearings are conducted in private, people might not know... That, that an issue is being investigated, and there might be witnesses out there that have information that is relevant to that, that the commission never contacts. Whereas if it is in a public hearing, if it's reported, you're like, oh yeah, no, I, I'm, you know, the third undersecretary in the department of whatever, and a document came across my desk that relates to this decision, and I actually know something about this grant. Mm. And, you know, it provides an opportunity for them to, to have input into it to come forward.
0: So it's not only a deterrent, but it feeds more information into the process, really, having these public hearings.
2: Correct. You might get witnesses coming forward. And the other thing is it's just about, it's about public confidence in the outcome. Mm. You can see when a particular a politician or public official does or doesn't have an answer to to a pressing question, and so, so you understand why the Commission comes to the, the conclusion that it does about their conduct, because they get a chance to explain themselves, not just to the Commission, but to the public. <laughs>
0: Next, did Labor water down this bill to appease the coalition? You mentioned that there was concern that Labor would water down this bill. Does this constitute a watering down of a key element? Of this bill, well, Labor
2: promised there would be public hearings, and there there is the possibility for public hearings. So it's not it's not a broken promise. It's just not the uh, toughest uh, version of, of what they could have put forward. And I think you know they kept the six design principles in some respects deliberately vague to give themselves the latitude to do this.
0: Right, but did they do this? Make hearings mostly private, at the request of the coalition specifically.
2: So, you know, this does address, uh, to some extent, the concerns from the Liberals who've said they're worried about show trials.
1: Uh, Frankly, the balance is there. There's the ability for public hearings to take place uh, where it's appropriate to do so. Uh, There's the ability for
2: private hearings to take place where there's the ability to do so. But it's still not clear whether that is the result of a deal with them or just because it's more convenient to, to the major parties to set the bar here. In fact, I asked the opposition leader on Wednesday whether they'd struck a deal with the government whereby those watered-down provisions around public hearings were put in to win coalition support. Four Corners, you said that the government had conceded your point about show trials and that you were confident that you could support their bill. Is that evidence that a deal has already been done? And did you lobby for the exceptional circumstances threshold uh, for public hearings? But he wouldn't, he wouldn't say if that was the case, that a deal had been struck. Well,
1: as, as I said, we've had uh, discussions with the government, uh, which have been conducted uh, in good faith. I'm not going
2: into the detail uh, of what the government said was their position or what they argued
1: Uh, back and forth.
2: He hasn't publicly guaranteed the coalition will vote for this bill, but it's looking more and more likely.
0: It's still open for the government to work with either the crossbench or the coalition to pass this through the Senate, though. Is that right? I I
2: expect the crossbench uh, will try and toughen it up and improve it, but will ultimately vote for it. And despite them disagreeing on some issues, you could see near unanimity across the parliament where... The crossbench vote for it because it's it's better than what the Coalition put forward and it's an improvement on on not having an anti-corruption commission and the Coalition vote for it because they don't want to be seen to getting, getting in the way.
0: Labor had promised to pass this into law by the end of the year. Is that looking likely?
2: So Labor has a majority in the House, can pass it there whenever it wants. It's going to a joint uh, committee that's going to inquire into the bill might suggest some of those improvements. And then there is a a final sitting fortnight in November where it can pass the Senate. So, yes, it is very possible. Uh, Jackie Lambie has said she doesn't mind kicking it into next year as long as they get it right. Mm. David Pocock has said it's possible to improve and pass this year. So, you know, there are are people willing to get it done this year.
0: Mm. So it is looking likely that we will have a federal corruption body one that has been years and years in the making by the end of this year,
2: what are you expecting going forward, Paul? I think one of the really interesting questions for the first few months and years of the Anti-Corruption Commission is how much mix of their work do they want to be new allegations of of corruption and how much do they want to uh, go back to to investigate some you know sharp practices that developed when there was this gap uh, in the framework where you know all the states had corruption commissions but not the federal government, mm. so that's going to be important sort of decision for them to make. Uh, is it more important to uh, deter corruption currently going on, or is it important to signal that all forms of corrupting public outcomes are bad, even if they've already occurred in the past? And so we have to send a message that that was wrong by going and doing some unfinished business.
0: So are you preparing for a kind of avalanche of revelations about former politicians and current politicians over the next year or so to to come out of this body?
2: Look, you're not going to see a politician in the dock uh, day one of uh, the National Anti-Corruption Commission. Mm. What you're going to get is work behind the scenes on investigations, uh, interviewing witnesses in private collecting documents. That might be reflected in occasional news reports about what's going on behind the scenes. Like in Victoria, you read that such and such a minister has been interviewed by the independent broad-based Anti-Corruption Commission, but it might take many months before there's an outcome to that. If the body opens by, you know, the the middle of next year, you might not get the first finding of corrupt conduct until, until 2024.
0: Right, but the power of the body will start fairly immediately. I imagine, even if we're not seeing these findings, it's going to start to change things.
2: If if you get a compulsory notice uh, to uh, to appear before a private hearing, uh, if you get fo- if you're a government department and you're forced to hand over a huge cache of emails, you know, relating to a land deal or something, you will feel the force of this body immediately because you know the powers of a royal commission and and compulsion are very strong. You will feel those immediately. And that's what Mark Dreyfus uh, wanted to focus on. Well, people should be afraid
1: if they've been engaged in corrupt activities. And I would want people to be afraid if they've been engaged in corrupt activities.
2: That baddies uh, should be afraid. They should be worried that the knack is going to be knocking on their door.
0: That was Paul Karp, a political reporter at Guardian Australia. Paul has written an explainer on all the latest details in the legislation titled National Anti-Corruption Commission. How will it work and who is in favour? We've put a link to that on the full story page and you can find all the latest on the bill at theguardian.com as well. This episode was produced by Jordan Beasley, Karishma Luthria and Daniel Simo, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Muttonioni, Gabrielle Jackson, Molly Glassie, and me, Laura Murphy Oates. Okay, catch you tomorrow.